This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Monday and Friday videocast live on Twitch. What's up, Twitch? Hopefully we're not echoing anymore. <laughs> Tried our best. You can hear us twice. That's or three times. That what, means what? that you should subscribe three times. Because you're getting triple the content. Ooh. Ooh. Is I that? I think that's the way it works. I'm pretty sure that's not the way it works. <laughs> that means. Anyway, welcome so much for joining us for the show. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Frankie. That's right. Ooh, extra special. He's not special. We have an actually special guest, Aaron Lovejoy. Hey. Uh, you might have seen some of his painting around the web. He's okay. He's aight. Just all right. He's, he's, he's <laughs> mediocre. Just kidding. He's ex. Exceptional, uh, widely considered to be one of the best painters in North America. Uh, also paints miniatures for George R.R. R. Martin, who he uh, wrote this kind of popular series of books called... I don't, I don't know if it's that popular. Yeah, yeah, Song of Fire and Ice, Game of Thrones, more commonly known. Yeah, you know. He stole it from that TV show on HBO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's so funny because uh, uh, about uh, Game of Thrones obviously has become like a, a popular, you know, tidal wave. Yeah, it's, it's like crack. It's yeah. so big. I've been reading those books since I was in my early 20s. Because that's when he started. That's yeah. fucking scary, because I don't know if he's going to live long enough to finish the damn things, but which happens in epic science fiction and fantasy all the time. Someone practices their whole life, gets their skill to the point where they can create this masterpiece, and then they die before they finish. Right, that's ah. how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the ultimate. It goes along with the whole theme of Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah. You know. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. dies. He's all the <laughs> ultimate plot twist. Yeah. Author dies. <laughs> no. Let's hope not. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just, it's like the biggest blue balls ever. Like Dune did it. The Wheel of Time did it. It's like, come on, please don't. Yeah. George R. R. Martin, hang in there yeah. and keep writing. But he writes one book about every five to six years. So anyway, in the in the show, being all of our friends and stuff and watching, like Frankie, everybody is, really loves it. Like, who doesn't watch it? And when you get to some of the big plot twists, like the Red Wedding, I was like, oh, man, this is going to suck. And then it happens. Everyone's like... What just happened? I'm like, man, I've, been, I, I've experienced this shock 10 years ago, and in the book, it's even worse. You yeah. know, like, yeah. But uh, at any rate, that must have been pretty cool to hang out with George R. R. Martin. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just pretty down to earth, you know, just wants to talk about his jets and stuff and, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, tour the local eating facilities in, uh, awesome. in his hometown. So. Does he wear the Siemens cap all the time? Um, kind of, sort of. It, That's awesome. It, it Sometimes. But he's like, he's super laid back and he's, I mean, it's, I don't know, like, you know, like, I don't know too many famous people, like ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. famous people. And you kind of expect there to be some sort of like godlike prowess to them or whatever. And he's just like, hey, what's up? Come on in. Let's talk about uh, nerd stuff, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he it was, uh, it was really cool. Really he seems cool. like a cool dude. That must have been a really neat experience. And uh, as I understand it, he has like thousands of historical miniatures. He, he, yes, he has a house full of <laughs> miniatures. Jeez. Not a room, awesome. not two rooms, like the entire house. Like every room that you go into, there's a there's a castle. Yeah. Every room. 
there's a castle. That's amazing. And then and then there's <laughs> just like there's cupboards like linen closets and stuff you open up with no lighting or anything and just they're full of dioramas and it's just it is, it's like really, really weird. Like, yeah. You know, like you almost joke around. You're like, oh, I wonder what's in. Oh my gosh, there's more miniatures. In <laughs> and they'll be like, I mean, from ridiculously good painters like Mariko Raymer, Jessica yeah. Rich, you know, uh, the European painters. And they'll just be in these cracks and crevices of the house. And then there'll That's be like so huge cool. displays. You know, like he opened up this one closet and there was a jousting match inside the whole closet. That's and amazing. Dude. It, it's funny because he he plays with his miniatures like he spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars having these things painted up and multiple sometimes of each miniature so that he has a different artistic take on different miniatures you know and so but he changes his dioramas so each time like i've been there twice oh, cool. and you go in and like things are different that's awesome like, that's really touching cool, them and yeah. moving them and stuff and so um you'll see in his collection there's not a whole lot of stuff on like display plants and stuff like you would think like in a museum or something there'd be all yeah. these display things and he doesn't have that. He has everything's on a gaming base or whatever base it came with. And then he, he puts them Moves into his little dioramas. And <laughs> I mean, he has one where it's like a, in a castle and, and there's people just eating dinner. Yeah. Well, if you, if you read the books, he goes into great like depth about like the, the food they're eating. Like yeah, this guy yeah. has roasted onions and this yeah. guy has a pork. And he's super knowledgeable about miniatures too. Like he's like a, he's like a, almost a historian of miniatures. He has all these books. That's cool. He tells like the beginning, like different companies back in the turn of the century, like in the 1900s, oh, yeah. 1800s. And he'll collect, slowly start collecting all the miniatures from that particular company's range, you know? Wow. And they're long since out of business. In yeah. This time. So some of these miniatures are pretty rough looking, you know, like I've gotten stuff that, you know, didn't have a nose or, you know, I mean, and that's the way it was cast. Yeah. So, You're like, How do you so it's, it's really funny, but it's really cool. Cause it's like the history of miniatures. Like, yeah. you know, some people don't get it. They go in and they're like, I don't, I don't, you know, yeah. these are ugly miniatures. Why do yeah. you have these? And it's without like, the context. Why, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like going back and finding old weaponry or something from, you know, ancient times. Yeah. Like, well, this doesn't work the way a machine gun works now. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's old. <laughs> <A little> different. <laughs> but it's really cool. If, if you're into that type of thing, it's, it's a really cool experience actually. Yeah. That, I would, I mean, I'm very envious that you've had the opportunity <laughs> yeah. to do that. Cause I, I also like enjoy studying the history of war gaming and the history of of miniature making, I think it's really fascinating because yeah. it goes back way further than most people realize. Most people think that the history of miniatures gaming goes back to like Little Wars with H.G. Uh, Wells and such, but no, it goes way further back yeah. than that. And it, there's a lot of really cool stuff uh, to see and do with it um, if you have the uh, interest to go in and, and look. And obviously George R. R. Martin is the kind of person who like probably obsessively explores every detail yes. of, yes. of that. Which is really cool, but uh, thank you so much for joining us, Aaron. Yeah, well, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, you know what? And like, we might as well jump into the topic that uh, you came on the show to discuss with us—not just uh, miniatures and George R. R. Martin. <laughs> although I'm sure we could have a whole show about yeah, that. Yes. <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about the hobby classes at the Las Vegas Open because, right. uh, first of all, uh, heartfelt thank you because yes. there wouldn't have been any. Thing, things have kind of changed. They, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Kind of at the last life minute. happened and yeah. blew up, and yeah. uh, and then things changed, and yeah. and so uh, uh, I kind of stepped in about a week or so ago, and or maybe two weeks ago, and just sort of said, okay, I'll take over and I'll make yeah. sure everything happens. So, so the original plan was we're like oh, we're gonna have to cut some classes, we're doing this and that, but we've got it all figured out. Um, we had to replace a few teachers, um, but all the classes are happening. So yes. everything that was on the website, um, the website is being updated or has been updated has, with, the new, been. with the new yeah. names of teachers. Um, all of them are, are super good. Um, uh, Lynn Stahl, Alan Pyle, Yeji Kim, 
um, all came through big time. Lynn came through really big time. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I'm really grateful for that. It was kind of like fly by wire there for a second, but um, we got it done and, and it's happening. So, yeah. So if you're into hobby stuff and you're coming to LVO, um, there's a lot of good classes. You know, airbrushing, blending, army painting, um, basing. Uh, how to make your models, you know, yeah. like assembly and stuff like that, which which I remember when I first started, nobody, well, I didn't know, you know. Yeah. And so my first painting contest, I actually showed up with this fully converted uh, Carnifex. I, it was old metal one, so I cut oh, the geez. mouth and had it open up with teeth and everything. I was yeah. so proud of that. And um, I didn't know you were supposed to clean the mold lines off. Yeah. So I did a <laughs> massive oh, conversion and paint job. And I had, you know, clear mold lines. I just highlighted them, you know. I was like, oh, you, you uh, Israel Sanchez did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we have to tease him. He did a, he did, he, he's obviously a phenomenal artist. Yes, but he is. He's awesome. He did a commission for us. Uh, it was like a highest level commission. Mm -hmm. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful army. Amazing paint job, weathered, everything. No mold lines cleaned off. And we were like, Israel, what the? I, I was on my third army before I entered that competition. Yeah. So I had Tau, Tyranids, and Space Marines. No. Um, none of them cleaned off. You know, I, yeah. I just thought that's the way it was supposed to be. You yeah. know? I think we all did when you first get the model. Like you pop it out and you're like, oh, that must be a part of his armor or something yeah. like that. And you just don't know any better. <laughs> At least I didn't paint any sprues. And I've yeah. actually seen that before. Oh, no. You know, the sprue on the end of the gun or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, I mean, you know, not to mock anyone or anything. I mean, it just happens. Oh, no, it does. No, no. We had a... and, and, you know, when I first started, there, there really wasn't any hobby classes. There was everything no. was based on like a guess or, or the white dwarf. Like, like hearsay yeah you know, I, you know it was get the smallest brush possible there was the fabled one hair brush and I, <laughs> when i find that i will be the best painter ever you yeah. Know? And, yeah um and then i found out you needed a really big brush with a with a fine tip yeah so, it, you know things are different now there's a lot more avenues for for learning on, online and you know and i really encourage taking classes because the live classes are are where it's at you get to see it you can talk with the artist yeah um it, it really does help it, oh absolutely like i like you said, you and I come from the from the generation of hobbyists where, like, kind of pre-internet. I know that sounds funny, but uh, there—I mean, the internet existed, but there wasn't the resources. Back before cars. Yeah, you know, back when, uh, yeah, I'd throw a rock with a, a pictograph on it at my friend. No, like you would open up the white dwarf and you would look at it, and they would go like, "These are the paints you use, and this is how we did it," and that was that was it. Yeah. And you did your best to try and replicate it, or you'd look on the back of the box of the miniatures and it would say these are the paints you use and then you go like alrighty uh, that looks like <laughs> that oh, goes that there yeah. yeah but then I I learned everything I know and I'm, I'd say I'm like an upper middle level painter mm -hmm. like I'm not you know even you are near the people teaching and sitting down with my friend Tyson Coach who is a phenomenal painter he's, he's multiple awesome. multiple yeah, gold yeah. demon <laughs> I just I like seriously was at the game store and there was like he had posted up a, a paper on the wall like looking for friends to play miniatures games with at the comic book store and I was like, I ripped off the little thing and I called him. And I'm like, this is weird, but yeah, you know, like casual encounters, Stalker. miniature style. <laughs> and I was like, hey, dude, like I'm looking for people to play games with too. And I came over and I would just. What do you look like? Yeah, right. <laughs> Send me a picture. I've been I've been working out, bro. I mean, uh, painting. Uh, so I go over and like we sat down and like we just sit in the afternoon in his place and like he would he taught me like like blending and shading like all these things I had no idea about. Yeah. And it, it made me in those few times hanging out with him, I went from like a mediocre painter to like. 
a better than mediocre painter. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? So. I, I think anybody with with a little bit of instruction can can learn a whole lot. You don't. I mean, obviously, if you're going to high display standards, it still takes a long time. Yes. You know, all the best of shows that I've ever won were like 150 plus hours. You know. Yeah. I got third place at Adepticon last year with a 250 hour painting. Wow. You know, and I don't expect anybody to do that to a single fig. You know? Yeah. It's just like insane. But but that's what you got to do to to win these big contests and stuff. But you can there's a lot of tricks that allowed me to make that 250 hour paint job in not 500 hours right you know I, I i was able to get to a certain point very quickly and then i focused on details yeah and with army painting and stuff there there are things you can do um via the airbrush being via just like thinking about how to attack a model um to make it really good but but fairly fast you know yeah. i mean I, I i run a painting service here in san diego and that's you know our, we predominantly do armies and stuff mm. And um, and and the whole key is to go fast, but have yes. a good quality. Yeah. You know? Yep. I, we were discussing uh, when we were hanging out, eating lunch the other day. If you want to make it in the commission painting business, you have to strike a balance between speed and quality. Right. Like if you're too much on, if either one of those is out of alignment with the other, you're not going to make it. Right. And slow yeah. just doesn't work. No. And for, for, <laughs> for painting arm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say that. No, it's the absolute slow, truth. You probably shouldn't. No, don't do that bother. line of business, you know. Um, because you just there's no way to make money at it, yeah. you know, and, and and bad things happen. You go broke. You yeah, know? and I don't want to see that. Make it your hobby, and yeah. you're fine, you know. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 about going fast, and and you know, when you're painting armies, you want to get that army done and on the table and moving. Exactly. And there's nothing better than seeing like fully painted armies. Like we play Apocalypse all the time. And most of the armies are fully painted. Yeah, and I mean, freaking amazing. And you guys so, have been doing that for a know, long time. Yeah, right? and they're not all like, you know, top tier paint yeah. jobs, but it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just, they look nice, you know? Yeah, last time you and I actually played at a, a tournament, he had a portion of his Apocalypse army. And it was I mean, a, a stunningly good looking army, but it was funny because he put down a unit of Terminators, they all had chain fists. I was like, never seen that before he's like yeah i normally play apocalypse man yeah, that guy kills titans <laughs> have, you have to have the combi belt and the chain fist because you, know, yeah, you, 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 you land and you shoot and you die yeah. and if you don't die you get to use the chain fist. Yeah. so that's exactly how it works so i'm like you know my apocalypse army is geared for each unit has one opportunity to yeah. fire and they're yeah. dead yeah. and that's exactly so how it i know works. i was like i was like aaron i've so, never yeah. seen a unit built that way he's yeah, like well it's well, built to kill a yeah, titan i was like oh expensive. <laughs> I was like, well, that makes sense. All right, I get it. I live in a different world. <laughs> but uh, these classes, I think, are going to really help people to take their, their hobby to the next level. It also will help them to enjoy the game more because it is, it is a total game. I know we tend to focus on tactics and playing, but I love painting and, and modeling. Frankie uh, is actually a good painter, but he likes modeling a lot more. So if you go to these classes, there's something for, for everybody. There's uh, Airbrushing 101. That class is, has the most people uh, attending, and I get it. Yeah. Right. Like learning how to airbrush will make you go from taking a month to base coat your army to an afternoon. It's literally that big of a difference. Right. It is. Yeah. And I, I know. I'm, but that being said, you grab you buy your airbrush and you start going. And like, you know, the first 20 minutes, you're like, this is awesome. And then it clogs. And then it clogs. <laughs> and the next three years of your life is a nightmare. You know, um, I've had friends who go that I, the reason I'm bald is because yeah. you know, I, 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 I got an airbrush, yeah. you know, awesome. and and that's the thing. Like it took me probably a good three or four years before I actually got comfortable with my airbrush. Like I don't 
don't worry about it. I start airbrushing. I don't. I don't care. I have no worries in the world. Yeah. But up until that point, it was like total butt pucker. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was. I would get so anxious before an airbrushing session because you know you're gonna spend half your time. Good day or bad day. Yeah. And my worst day culminated with me, you know, pile driving my airbrush into the ground. Yeah. I was just like, I'm done with this. Because you know? it, it yeah. clogs and you're like, oh, and yeah, you, and you, un- don't, you don't know. Clean and so, it. Yeah. you know, and they, they're, I'm, I remember searching the internet back then, you know, going, okay, well, uh, there's got to be something. And there just was nothing that told me how the airbrush actually worked. Yeah. And, there, and now there's a lot of airbrushing videos where they show how to airbrush, but no one really covers the clogs and stuff yeah and so they do a little bit but not in depth and so there there's little things like that like just getting rid of that clogging yeah. and that alone like that two-hour class will save you two or three years of your life of experimenting. <laughs> yeah and once you get it then then you've got that it's just another tool you still got a paintbrush you know you can't finish a model with the airbrush yeah but but it gives you it gives you that that kickstart. So when I look at it, like I, I once did a, a thing where I, I base coated a space marine just in blue, and by brush, and then I base coated him with an airbrush. And with the with the paintbrush, it took me half an hour to get everything and get the, the coverage good and everything. And it was just blue. With the airbrush, it took me two minutes, and I had dark, medium, and light. Yeah. You know, so I had my wow. highlights, my shadows, and my midtones, and that's the difference with an airbrush. Yeah. yeah, and when you come to these classes, you learn this. Like, I learned how to airbrush from Seth, uh, yeah, yeah, your buddy, yeah. and he, he sat down with me. He's a really nice guy. He's always generous with his time. And he sat down, he, and we airbrushed my whole corn army, which I wish I still had. I wish I hadn't sold that now. Whoa, now that the Trader Legions came out. <laughs> but uh, we airbrushed the entire army in two and a half hours from, like you said, a base, and then he taught me color theory. He's like, we'll start with purple to bring it up to crimson red, and then it's going to be a nice blend. And then we sprayed the shade on too, and I was like, I can't believe how fast that was, yeah. right? And then that one afternoon hanging out with Seth, I learned how to do that. And then brought you in, and we did your bikes. Remember that? Your yeah, green yeah. biker army? Yeah. And you the same thing. You're like, wow, I it's cannot crazy. believe how much yeah. has been done right. in one afternoon. And if you come and take these classes, you'll acquire these skills that will save you time, It'll make you a better uh, hobbyist. You'll be able to get more armies done. You'll be able to take your skill level higher. And there's all kinds of stuff. Like there's advanced level classes. There's beginner, intermediate classes. There's some really specific stuff like painting chibi models, right? Right, right, right. And that's cool. super popular. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing how popular it is. Like like Aaron was saying, it helps a lot when you're interacting with the teacher themselves because you can ask questions and stuff like that. Yeah, or you actually see it happening. Or or sometimes even in videos – uh, even in the videos that I produce, sometimes you just forget because yeah. it's muscle memory. You're like, I'm painting, and I you don't realize that you flicked the brush or you pulled yeah. off on your yeah. pressure or whatever. Yeah. And that was a major part of that technique was yeah. simply <laughs> going light brush, brush or control. pushing yeah. harder. Yeah. Totally. You know? And so a lot of people don't do that. And so that's why I always tell people, really watch your painting. Watch what happens with the paint. You know, and I, I do that when I'm watching painting videos. I don't listen to the person talking. Watch the I brush. Watch, I watch and I watch the brush and if they're dabbing, if they're pushing harder, if they're pulling up, you know, whatever. And that makes a big difference when you're painting. Yeah, yeah. brush control is like, that's when you get to the basics down. That's what it is. After right, that. right, right, right. Yeah, it, 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 it's crazy how big of a difference it makes. I always tell people it's like when you see someone uh, drawing like kanji, yeah. like Japanese uh, symbols, it's all the pressure of the brush is what makes it look the way it 
it looks. And that's it's the same with miniatures. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or even when they're drawing a picture of a face or something, you see the finished product and you're like, wow, that's you know, that's a sexy looking picture. You know, it's yeah. great. And but what you didn't see was the triangles they made and the boxes they made to get the main forms. Mm -hmm. You didn't see any of that stuff because that's not exciting or anything. So you really got to learn to walk before you run. Yeah. Miniature painting. If you learn the basics, which a lot of people skip, I skipped. Yeah. I went seven years with you know trying to. I got to do OSL. You know, I got to do non-metallic metal. Um, never learning the basics of painting. When yeah. you learn the basics, then you can do anything. It's just a matter of where you put your colors and stuff. Absolutely. And so you think more about lights and shadows and stuff once you learn how to paint. Yeah. Um, and, and, and all those, everything I've learned from my high-end display work was developed in, in gaming figures. Ah. So I was able to do stuff very quickly, um, just practice new techniques and stuff, and I wasn't worried about is the blend perfectly smooth, is my light perfectly right, because nobody cares. I have 150, yeah. <laughs> you know, corn berserkers running across on my apocalypse table. No one's gonna notice the one guy who has the wonky highlight on his shoulder pad. Yeah. Nobody, no. you know. And so, but the thing is, I learned over 150 models or whatever um, where those highlights looked the best. And yeah. so I just chalked that up in my head, and I'm like, hey, cool, I'm, I'm ready to go, you know. 100%. Now when I paint something, I usually get my highlights and shadows relatively in the right spot, just naturally, because I've done it so many times. Yeah, you, know? you, you yeah. put your 10,000 hours in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> so and part of that is you just have to do effort. You have oh, to yeah. exert effort. Nothing it's just comes. Repetitions. You know, yeah, exactly. But but if you if you learn the, 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 the building blocks of it, it, it makes it life a lot easier. 100%. So if you are interested in taking some of these hobby classes, we hope you join us. Uh, some of them are sold out, but we have room left, and I think most of them still have some space. You can find those under hobby classes at the lasvegasopen.net website, and we hope to see you there. We have them running all day, so if you're playing in events during the day, you can join some of the classes that are later in the evening or in the morning, vice versa, if you're playing in nighttime events. And they run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday so that they can accommodate everybody right uh, everybody right. should be able to sneak in one class if that's all that they have time and you can for. sign up at the event right? yes you can okay yeah if you sign up at the event um we'll just come up to the registration desk buy your ticket walk over with your receipt good to go good to go good to go on that note too unfortunately we do have to announce that we're going to not have speed painting and paint and take um we have the staff to do it but we don't have the resource the materials because this all changed so quickly um i I'm sad <laughs> to say this so close to the event. Uh, really not much we can do about it. So uh, paint and take and speed painting, they were going to be free events. You just sit down. We were going to have uh, one of our, our staff painters uh, run it. He's a professionally trained artist. Would have been really good. But then I was sitting there and I was like, wait a second. We need brushes and paints and models to give away for people to paint. And we don't have any of these because everything changed so rapidly. So next year we're going to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll next year, yeah. Next year we'll make it because we'll have time, right? Like yeah, this, yeah. this all changed in the blink of an eye. Which th these things happen, but next year we'll take the time to do it, right? So if anybody was planning on doing that, I'm really sorry that uh, that changed at the last minute, but it was really, literally out of our control. Now uh, that being said, I know last year, you know, a lot of people just sort of picked up themselves and they sat down at an open table because there were still a lot oh, of yeah, open tables. Yeah, it's totally Despite how packed it was, yeah. there were still a lot of open tables, which was cool. And people sat down and I saw a lot of people just painting, yeah. with, you know, group painting and stuff. Yep. And that's important too, like just getting getting with your buddies and, you know, and just painting, you know. That makes it so much more enjoyable. Like yeah. When, yeah. We've been doing Full Blast Terrain Factory here and I want to give a heartfelt thank you to everybody that came in and volunteered this weekend. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And it's like, it would be the most mind-numbingly awful thing in the world, but we're all sitting there 
laughing and telling jokes and telling stories, it makes it so much more enjoyable to do it as a, a social activity. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit activity. cuts the... Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> like, making terrain is literally, it's just, like, the same thing over and over again for, like, it's eight like hours. It's like painting 150 oh. corn berserkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And I paint yeah. gold. I have painted 2,000 zombies, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. God, that's eight brutal. Eight months of my life. That is brutal. Oh. never get back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we painted... How many zombies did we paint for the first LVO? 200, but they were probably nowhere near. Yeah. <laughs> but we did it in, like, two nights, I think. Yeah. Like, they were all dipped. Yeah. <laughs> just all dipped. We were just like, spray, dip, go, go, go. And, like, while the dip was still on it, we, like, throw sand on it. Like, yeah. paste, go. Ugly <laughs> some, but we still use them all the time, which is funny. Yeah, they're great. Uh, anyway, I uh, hope to see you guys at the hobby classes. Hope you got excited about it uh, with everything that you can learn and do and experience and hang out with some some of the best artists in, in uh, North America. Really, some incredibly talented people. Uh, not the least of which is Mr. Aaron Lovejoy himself. And then, Aaron, before we uh, move on to the next topic, where can people find out more about you? Because you have a lot of uh, you have a strong online presence too. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you can go to my Facebook. It's just Aaron Lovejoy. It's not very exciting. Um, I've also <laughs> got a, a company called Miniature Monthly. It's on Patreon. If you look up Miniature Monthly, um, and that is like my online tut tutoring and stuff like that. And um, you know, for a minimum of five dollars a month, you can get access to all our videos and stuff. And we do monthly giveaways. Um, we do all kinds of cool stuff, and people are starting to learn. Um, it's growing pretty big. That's awesome. Um, already, and you know, we're doing gaming stuff, display stuff, everything. So right now, I mean, we just started. We're covering the basics. Um, and once we get past that, we'll start opening it up to actually doing projects and stuff. Nice. Um, but, but I thought, um, even though it is the most boring part of painting is learning the basics, we need to learn the basics. And even if you're an experienced painter, you can always learn something new. And, and I mean, I'm the same way. I'm always watching videos. I'm always watching other painters and how they paint and stuff to kind of absorb. Um, and so that's, that's, that's my, uh, my, my new project is Miniature Monthly. Awesome. Um, I also have a, a guild painting service, which is, is our commission painting service. Um, unfortunately, it is just slammed. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, so if you're looking for an army for LVO, you're not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, we've worked with you before. You guys do great. Um, you do fantastic Thank work. You, yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, that's my thing. Um, you know, if you want to check that out, go go for it. Um, you know, if you want to learn something or you want to do follow-ups from the LVO classes, Miniature Monthly is a great place to go. Um, we're doing airbrushing right now, blending, wet blending, all that stuff. And wet blending works great for armies, um, doing your base coats. Um, yep. Because you don't have to worry about doing highlights and shadows. They're just there. They're done. So. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when you do a good job with airbrushing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that is going to be really cool. And we hope to see people join us for the hobby classes. But what else is very cool is, holy shit, new Eldar. Yeah. Wow. The new Eldar models are amazing. Have you had a chance to see these? Uh, the three that they did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cool. not only like are these astoundingly good-looking models, technically are they amazing models. The avatar of Aeneid, the Eldar God of the Dead, that the, the dynamic nature of the model, she's coming around and there's all so those crazy. gems flying around her, you're like, wow. Like, Games Workshop continues to show they're the best in the business, like, undeniably. Like, you can make a pretty good argument that there's some Gundam models that are technically superior, but in terms of, like, artistry and, like, wow, you, you can't top what they're doing in plastic right now. It's, it's stupendous. But... Not only are these amazingly good-looking models, what this indicates for the fluff for Eldar going forward is really, really exciting. We've seen some crazy stuff going on with the Fall of Acadia. They are really no bullshit. They are the story is moving forward. The train has left the station. Uh, shocker in the Fall of Acadia, Acadia Falls. What? Weird. But we want to talk about some I of the... Some of the <laughs> I knew it. I called that one. We want to talk about some of the fun stuff that happens in the fluff. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear it, fast forward a couple minutes. But uh, the book's already out, so there's some really good stuff that happens 
in the fall of Cadia. So Abaddon's 13th black orchestrate, 14th black orchestrate, whatever, whichever one he's on, who cares? They, go, they come to Cadia and shit goes down, right? This time he's like, now we're going for the death blow. Uh, the pylons on Cadia have been holding back the warp. It's been holding back the Eye of Terror. And it's been acting as like a giant Geller field. The Geller field is what protects the spaceship when it goes to the warp. It's what stops, uh, think, uh, Event Horizon when they go into basically hell. That's the Geller field is what stops that from happening. So Katie has got a giant Geller field around it. So it turns out, Flef, Retcon, Go, the reason it took Abaddon so long to win is because every time he's been trying to destroy the pylons. Been his whole goal. Yeah, genius GW writers. Genius. Failadon actually didn't fail. He was playing the long game. Yeah. He's so been the, weakening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's just, that's the whole goal, is right? They've been trying to blow up these pylons. So finally, he's in a position where he's like, now we're going to go for it. We're going to take out the last pylons. Because when that happens, the warp will expand. The Eye of Terror will expand out. And then the Cadian Gate and that system will fall to chaos, which opens, allows chaos to invade into the material universe. That's really bad. That's really bad. I hear it's not good. It's not good, as, uh, as Francis said. Yeah. But it's really funny how it all came about. So, <laughs> so Abaddon goes in. They go in to fight again, right? Belisarius call comes. The new Mechanica model is also spectacular. He, he's there. Uh, Trazen comes up. He unleashes all these people out of his Tesseract vault. Uh, pretty funny. There's some, like, Ultramarines that come from 10,000 years ago. Yeah, right? right? And then there's, like, these Imperial Guards when they come up and just start puking because they're like, what? what where am I? What's going on? Uh, St. Celestine shows up, fights Abaddon twice, gets killed twice, <laughs> comes back to life. She held him off, though. Of course. She did. She, all she did was just delay him. Uh, the best part, though, the best part of the fluff is our boy, Bellacor. Yeah. Bellacor, the overconfident. Awesome. <laughs> he's like the coldest champion that always declares a challenge, regardless yeah. of who he's fighting. Very eager about it. So Abaddon's like, Bellacor, we're going to do it. We're going to get it done. Kadia. Bellacor's like, you're not my dad. <laughs> You may go for Cadia. I'm going for Earth. <laughs> a little overconfident. So Bellicor shows up on Earth, gets his ass kicked immediately by the Imperial Fist. The Imperial Fists have been training for this forever. For 10,000 like, years. Yeah. And Bellicor shows up with his yeah. demon yeah. and just gets wrecked. He just gets annihilated. So yeah. Bellicor's like, <laughs> mistakes were made. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. Bellicor didn't die, but he gets away. He got his ass whipped. So then the uh, Legion of the Damned and the Imperial Fist go to Cadia because like, oh shit, Cadia's in trouble. Pop up, blow up the Black Fortress, which was Abaddon's mega super ship. They destroy it. Abaddon's like, shit. Well, F you guys. Crashes it onto Cadia, blows up the rest of the pylons, and that's game, set, match. There you go. Yep. So all hell is broken loose, literally. Bellacor in comedic fashion, got his teeth kicked in, but in his own little way did help to set everything in motion. Uh, the Black Fortress is destroyed, but Chaos has been unleashed. Cadia is destroyed. Creed has been captured by Trazen. Wow. Craziness. 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 But how this ties in with Eldar is that the Eldar have their own thing going on. The, in the ancient Eldar uh, myths, after Slaanesh was born, killed pretty much all the, Chaos, or the Eldar gods. They were either killed or captured and went into exile. Only Kagarok was left, and he's the god, the laughing god, the god of the Harlequins. He's been planning a trick up his sleeve for like a million years. Right? He's been waiting, and this is his moment to shine. So Kagarok is somehow, we don't know exactly how, but he's bringing back Aeneid, the Eldar god of the dead, who has prophesied to destroy Slaanesh in the final battle and bring the Eldar gods back, bringing new hope to the Eldar race. Nice. This is some shit's going down. 
<laughs> I'm excited. This is okay. cool stuff. You getting all this? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, I love the fluff, right? So uh, this is exciting, right? So we now have the avatar of Aeneid. That's the model that's floating. She looks very Slaaneshi, a lot of people are noticing. Yeah, yeah. But people are saying that that is because that she was around before Slaanesh. Slaanesh looks like her. She doesn't look like Slaanesh. Trying to make a badger reference here. Some chicken and the egg stuff right there, buddy. <laughs> so this is really cool. What does this mean? Does this mean that GW is going to kill Slaanesh like they kind of did in Age of Sigmar? No. Uh, I, don't, I, I hope not. I hope not. But uh, what it does mean is that we are going to see Eldar moving forward, probably with a more positive outlook. They're the dying race now. But Beeltan, their craft world, which the next book is the fracture of Beeltan, which if Fall of Cadia gives us any indicator that it is going to split up. And that would make sense. Maybe some of them split off to join the cult of Aeneid. Uh, and what they do is they kind of fuse with dead Eldar to power up. And that's how they're going to like, kind of draw the strength to defeat Chaos. And then the Harlequins are coming in, the Dark Eldar are coming in because... They fear Slaanesh. When they die, Slaanesh eats their soul. It's pretty bad. That's why they sacrifice slaves to prolong their life, right? So all the Eldar look like they're going to unite, and they're going to use the power of the dead Eldar to overcome Slaanesh and give themselves a, a future without Slaanesh eating their souls. Yay. Pretty good. And they're going to bring back Vex. Vex, and it, supposedly, <laughs> no, you'll like this, Frankie. Supposedly, the, the trio that's going to come back to make this all happen is Vex, Arhra, I think I said that right, and um, Uriel. Oh, really? Yeah, they're oh, going to be the, cool. the triple tag team. Sweet. Because Eldrad kind of like prophesies all this, and then the, the Harlequins are making it all come together. Yeah. This is cool shit. I'm very excited. I think the Eldar fluff is some of the best in, uh, in the game, really. Yeah. Uh, really, really cool. And if they do come together and they do reunite the Eldar race, and they do have a future that's positive, I think that's going to be good for the game. Yeah, because Cadia is in <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then Not the. Kadia, but. Yeah, well, no, Katie has got... The Imperium's in trouble. Katie got shit on. Sorry, guys, but uh, we over. do... Yeah. It's over, Jim. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Although Creed did live. He got captured by Trazen. How? How does Trazen defeat anybody? I don't know. I think he puts, like, candy on the ground. <laughs> into his with a box with a stick? Yeah. Creed's like, what's this? Yeah. Oh, shit. But uh, that, that's exciting stuff. I can't wait to see what they do with the fluff. The models are amazing. We did find out the mysterious Eldar in red is probably not Uriel. He looks like he's some kind of like Archon type dude. And then, of course, there's the what looks like a Farseer uh, or a Spirit Seer. Yeah. That is like the Farseer of the dead for Aeneid. Ooh. That's really cool. It, a, a brilliant model. That crazy floating headdress she's got. I'm into it. The little dog. With a cat, bro. Oh. It's a psychic cat. Mm. Read a book. It's a cat. It's, it's a dog cat. <laughs> it's a, a dat. I hope the cat can uh, summon demons because that would be cool. Eldar doesn't summon demons, dude. Cat can. <laughs> He's not Eldar. He can. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, that is where we're at. And in the chat, please let us know your thoughts on what's happening with the Eldar fluff because I think it's pretty cool. Let us know what you think about the Fall of Acadia. Also really cool. Very exciting. And they did drop a hint. I forgot. At the end of Fall of Acadia, they did drop a hint. Uh, Abaddon is on in hot pursuit of some Imperials that have something he hasn't heard about in 10,000 years uh, in their possession. Probably a Primarch. Which Primarch do you think it is? I am The Emperor. Oh, not a Primarch. Yeah. Not a Primarch. One we don't know about. Ooh. One of the two missing. One of the two missing. Ooh. That I don't think anybody would see that coming. The no names. I'm gonna guess. I think that it is uh, probably Vulcan. That's my guess. That would be cool. Yeah, because he's Primarch. been captured, right? So maybe that's where he's at. Is that he's gonna be released right now? But what do you think, Aaron? What would be your bet on the Primarchs? Oh, I don't know. I I have no clue at all. 
Okay. Then when that's fun to paint, that's what they're going to release now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so then the new release this week from GW is the uh, Zinch Battletome for Age of Sigmar and the Kyric Acolytes, also for Age of Sigmar, which are amazing models. Dude. Yeah, the Acolytes are sick. And the way I spelled it, they're Amazon models. Amazon. Amazon. That's going to be a new adjective. I like it. Uh, can you have an Amazon? I think Amazons do. Very good point. Very good point. So if you want to pick any of those up from Frontline Gaming, please do so at orders at frontlinegaming.org or 888-781-5120. You can give us a call and you can get those 25% off during the release week. Boom. Although the book is already sold out. How do you like them apples? Dang it. Before it even got released. <laughs> good job. Take that. GW I'm sure the, like one. Though. Oh, dang it. Somebody bought it. I'm sure that they will print more, but unfortunately right now the book is sold out in America. Uh, anyway, LVO updates. We are almost there. Oh my God. Everyone... Equal parts, I think maybe not even equal parts. Can't wait for it to happen. Can't wait to get it over with on the staff side because we have so many moving parts and it is very stressful. But it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited. Not only can you meet the one and the only Aaron Lovejoy, the world's greatest 40K player, you can also uh, play in some of the biggest gaming events in the world. going to be great. So we want to cover a couple things. If you have an ITC event coming up this weekend or one that has already happened, again, you have until the 30th to get your results in. After that, we will not accept the results. So get your scores in, please, to Best Coast Pairings as soon as possible. Give them time to get all the scores updated. And after that, you have until February 1st to correct your personal score if there is any kind of an issue with your personal score. After that, your score is locked. Too bad, so sad, you're dead. We're not changing it at that point. The only change will be your score from the LVO. Yep. So please, 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 please go get that taken care of if you are one of the people that need to do that. If you're a TO that people came to your event in good faith to get their points and you haven't submitted your score, please do that. Uh, uphold your end of the bargain to, your, to the people that came to your event and get that in. Uh, please be sure to download the Best Coast Pairings ITC app as soon as possible. You wanna be familiar with it before you get to the event so you're not trying to figure it out on the fly. Uh, it is very intuitive, but still do yourself a favor. It's free and it is now on Android. No excuses. Boom. No excuses. It's on foot phone. Uh, yeah, razor power. <laughs> Actually, one of our painters was still using a flip phone. I was like, what? Smart. What is this? Get out of here. Smartest person ever. Yes. Yeah. Someone comes with a Nokia 5150. His bill is 25 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so for those of us who are using uh, smartphones, please go download it. So it's really cool. You can look up, you'll get your table uh, pairing on your phone. Uh, you can self-score. You don't have to come up when you're done with your game. You can just score it on your phone. You can see your opponent's list. Pretty badass. Really, really cool stuff. And uh, on that note, when you register for any of the 40K, for the 40K Championships event, bring your list with you. Please, please, please remember to bring your list. The Best Coast Pairings guy is going to be there taking pictures of your list to upload into the app so that other people can see your list, mm -hmm. right? Pretty, this is what people have been asking for forever, and these guys made it happen. That also means that your list is going to be visible to the world. So make sure it's correct. Make sure it's correct. We made a Facebook group just for this purpose. It's called the ITC list checking Facebook group. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, go have your uh, fellow, your peers proof your list. Yeah. Cause you don't want, you don't want to be that guy, <laughs> that guy that has a illegal list. Uh, Cause it, it happens. Um, make sure to uh, get that done, please. And <clears throat> what else? Oh, I lost my place. Everything. That's it. Wow, I don't know, we're tired. We all worked like 14 hours both days on Saturday and Sunday on terrain. Sometimes. So don't complain. 
about the tournament. Ooh, oh, you will get right. judo. You will get judo chopped. Uh, we can't wait to see everybody there. It's going to be an absolutely fabulous event. Uh, Frankie, would you like to add anything about the LVO coming up? Be there or you're not cool. That's all I got. Wise words. Nah. That's right. Any final, <laughs> any final words about coming and joining the painting classes? Come take a painting class. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you guys are all amazing. Right. You guys are amazing. Succinct. Very right. simple and yeah. to the point. Right That's to good. the point. All right, let's field a couple questions, and then we'll call it a day and get back to building terrain. <laughs> oh, fun times. Oh, that angle makes me look so handsome. Uh, let's see. Trazen, I gotta catch them all. Gotta catch all the Primarchs. That's pretty funny. He's like Ash. Yeah, he is Ash. Catch him. Uh, Tau Dark, isn't a dead Eldar Ultways shtick? No, not really. I mean, uh, Eldrad definitely can like commune with uh, the spirits. And he, he can, he's prescient. But uh, Aeneid is the Eldar god of the dead. Uh, and it's like a cult within the Eldar um, race. They had a bunch of gods. Like uh, Isha is captured by Nurgle. And she's the goddess of healing and, like, birth and, like, you know, fecundity. And he just keeps feeding her all the worst diseases in the fucking universe. He's not very nice. He thinks it's fun because she heals from it, but it sucks. You know, she's, like, just, ah, I can't hurt you. she's just getting, sitting there being, like, tortured for 10, you know, whatever, 100,000 years or something. Uh, Flight of the Dodo, will we be able to see the best list of the LVO? Yes, I believe the LVO, the Best Coast Pairings guy, is going to let everybody see the lists. Yep. I, I'm not sure yet. It'll be a sponsored event, so okay. everybody will be able to see the lists. So you'll be able to see every player's list, assuming that we get every player's uh, list pictured. That's why we're encouraging people to please uh, bring your list when you register. Uh, Novastar says, the whole Aeneid art coming back is awesome. I remember reading about it in the third edition of our Codex in the smallest fluff blurb and how GW is going back and mining this. I, I agree with you so so much. It's so cool to see this stuff uh, coming to life. The, the thing I'm holding out hope for is a uh, Adeptus Arbites uh, mini Adeptus army. Adeptus Arbites would be sick. Dude, I would be over that. I would be all over that, like, stink on cheese. Stink on cheese. That's a new one. I just made that up. I don't think that actually works. Uh, it, cheese is stinky, bro. Dirty sheets, mesquites. Uh, how is the beer thing working for Beer Hammer? We will have a bar in the hall. Yeah, yeah the bar is in the social hall. Oh, yep, yep. and the bar is open until midnight, Friday and Saturday. It's open until uh, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So when you're playing Beer Hammer, you just go over and buy beer at the bar and come back and uh, play and drink. There's like a ton of people signed up for Beer Hammer. Yeah. Like a lot of people. It should be very fun. Uh, and then at night, too, if you want, you can pop into the social hall and the bar will be there. People will be hanging out and drinking. It's right next to the painting hall, actually. Cool. You can come over and get a beer before you teach you them. Yeah, exactly. Let's get the teachers drunk. Uh, let me see. Helderick, are knights not really able to find... Okay, thank you. I knew I was forgetting something. We are not using the GW FAQ, Codex FAQs. Like we said it a million times. Going to have to say it a million more because somehow you always miss people. Anything after January 11th is not being used at the LVO. That includes the Codex FAQs and the Fall of Cadia... Uh, supplement and anything that might come out at the week of the event. We're not using it yeah. uh, for the 40K events. So don't worry about it. I know that's weird, the thing with the night. I know that's goofy. Um, we, we will all, as a community, talk to GW. They're listening. They might, they might be able to change that. Um, don't worry about it. It's not in effect. All right. And then Novastar said they started growing Aeneid after the fall to fight Slanesh. Cool. Pretty cool. Uh, let me see. Any more questions? Any input? Uh, Arasen asked, any input about the FAQs that came out? Uh, I know people are mad about some of it. 
Um, it's what GW intend. It's how GW intends for the game to be played. So yeah. if you're mad about it, you're wasting your emotional energy. Because <laughs> as you know, they they've said that we helped with FAQs. We did, and some of the thing, the ideas and feelings and, and feedback you had, I would be willing to bet we had too. And they very calmly and rationally explained why they were doing the things that they were doing. And it all makes sense from a certain perspective, right? Uh, you may not agree with it, but that's just the way it is, right? There's no FAQ that will please everybody. It's, it's not possible. Nope. Um, I'm sorry if you feel like it hurt your army. On the upside, you don't have to worry about it for the LVO. Wee. On the downside, right after the LVO, we are going to incorporate all of these because I know for 100%, million percent sure that that is exactly the way they intend the game to be played. Uh, Geekmaster K, is there going to be a map of the convention on the website beforehand? Yes. Yes. Sir. You'll be able yep. to see where all your events are taking place and all that good stuff. Yay. All right. <laughs> Dirty Sheets McSkeed says, can we set up a collection for his bail? Because I'm sure LVO is going to be fun time for him. Oh, yeah. Sorry, bro. You're on your own with that one. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. That was cool. You know what? We'll have to have a show where you come on and talk more about Mr. Martin because I think that people would love to hear that. <laughs> um, hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We uh, can't wait to see everybody in Las Vegas. And we will talk to you for the final broadcast. Friday. Friday. Uh, no, we Maybe have Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Friday will be the final ITC update uh, before the big show. Sweet. Woo. All right, guys. Bye. See you.